2: Listen horror flicks, hot chicks, and sci-fi
0: book picks. Say what pisses you want. tell us a joke about dips. In the mix, you got the desk, i telling you where it's at. Steven Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to bone bat. Podcasting your asses
2: in nerdy, massive classes. Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses. Take your glasses off
3: the set, I'm dropping bombs on your dome. In your home, blow your bootstraps up, it's time to burn chrome. Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes, chewing on them curvy loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show.
4: B-movie, holy men, wombat, metalhead, poly- Politics, amen. Independent artist friends, Renaissance captors of the full fan spectrum. Nonchalant notables break
0: through the bedlam of bullshit. Quick wit for hits of the populace. Vulcan with some Romulus.
4: Rolling prime like Optimus. Oh.
1: God damn disco hit. Why? I don't know. Because we need? Money.
4: Up everybody! Welcome to episode 199 of the Bone Bat Show. That certainly seems auspicious. I'm Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? I'm just gonna say it right now. We're doing a Kickstarter. We're gonna do
1: the we're doing the comedy horror film festival. We're gonna announce it on the show.
4: Fuck yeah! Woo! Oh my god! It's been <sighs> just so had to get long. that out of the way. I'm amazed that we we could still do it.
1: We haven't done it yet.
4: But I mean, just like making <laughs> a video. Do You know how long it's yeah. been since we've done this?
1: I don't even remember. I, got- I have memories of memories,
4: because <laughs> it was a long ass time ago. It was like summer of 2019 when we started working on the other video. You had a you had all your hair. I did. I, I had, had all my teeth. Yeah,
1: long flowing locks. You could yeah. drink back then. I yeah, I-, I drank by muscles writhing like pythons as I hoisted yet another tankard up to my full <laughs> lips. <laughs> I'm getting kinda of turned on. That's
4: kinda of weird. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, uh it's it's great. We're super excited that uh by the time you hear this, the Kickstarter campaign for the twenty twenty two Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest will be in full swing. Uh, once again, the event will take place May 7th, 2022 at SIFT Cinema Uptown. So the same theater that we've had the last three physical events, I believe, uh, you can return to that same location. SIFT, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, they've recently announced that the theater will be open again on November 24th. So uh, this next week. And, uh, you know, we're going to have six months of open theater time before we get to our festival. So, I mean, currently the state of play in Seattle is you have to show proof of vaccination before you go into a theater and wear a mask. So that's something that we know how to deal with. If we have to have that, we have to have that. Hopefully it'll be better. So uh, once again, for filmmakers, submissions are now open through, I believe, March 1st, 2022. And uh, we want to see your comedy horror shorts. So if you're listening to this and you've got a film In the bag, uh, why not submit it to us via Film Freeway? We'd love to take a look.
1: Submit.
4: Before we uh, continue with the show, though, I would be remiss to not discuss uh, this evening's music. Uh, So we're listening to Seattle's Own Surrealized. We open the show with a tune called Spiral Experiment from their self-titled full-length, which came out in 2015 and uh, we're going to have a lot more music from surrealized as the show continues as well as a interview with Kimo Moraki one of the members of the band
1: that's right rabbit
4: but first gordon steve what pisses you off
1: man steve you know what pisses me off is my phone i use a phone for work i call people on it and something happened I'm sure I got an email about it from AT&T, which I ignored. All of a sudden, I have to dial an area code when I'm calling local calls. Like, numbers I've, I've called for years, I, now I have to dial the area code first. And that's not the half of it. What's worse is to get my voicemail. The number I've been calling for the last, I don't even know how long, decade plus, is suddenly different. It's no longer this short little beep, 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 and I get my voicemail. I have to dial a goddamn gigantic number to get my voicemail, and I can never remember the number, and I always, every, it happens over and over again. Oh, I see you have a voicemail, beep, 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 and I get,
4: We're sorry, sir. That number doesn't do shit. (laughs) You
1: did not read the email from (laughs) AT&T. They probably sent it to that, you know if you have AT&T, how you get... They, they say, oh, you now have this email. And it's like Gordon Calkins 27997773 at att.net. And you can only you, you use it one time, and that's like to confirm your service, then you ignore it. It's probably there. Yeah, that pisses me off. My, my telephone situation has changed. I'm an old man. I don't like change. It pisses me off. Get off my lawn.
4: You know, you should scream at the clouds a little bit. That might I'm help. gonna
1: yell at these birds.
4: <laughs> cat chasing lizards. <laughs> Get away from there, cat I thought there was a blue belly.
1: <laughs> There's bluebellies in my rosemary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. What about you, Steve? Gordon, I almost made
4: a. you know what pisses me off? I almost made a horrible mistake. Almost. Yeah, so uh, we're putting together the film festival, the first time in several years, and uh, I was pulling together some sponsor links. There's, you know, the uh, the name of one of our sponsors, and there was what I guessed would be the most, like, straight line. Oh, that's probably the website, so blah, 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 blah dot com. But I'll double check before I, I give this to Gord to create artwork with it. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, type this in. And uh, I type it in and wham! Porn. So <laughs> I came this close to sending out a porn link to the entire Bone Comedy of Horrors mailing list. So
1: Wow. But I would like to thank our sponsor, HotPussy.com, <laughs> for all their cat care products.
4: Because, you know, that would have been bad.
1: That would have to been too. bad. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Send out. A, Best a case porn scenario,
1: link. it would have been bad.
4: That's why you double check your links, people. That, yeah. So you did you know. did
1: you bleach your browser history afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Dip your computer in Perel? Let's
4: Holy just show. say that's not all I bleached, Gord. <laughs> leave it at that. Oh my God, I don't want to get too personal, but you
1: already have, sir. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so yeah, that, thank you for
1: checking. We all thank you for that checking.
4: Pisses so, me off. Yeah. Oh, wait. What are we talking about again? I'm not even sure. Let's listen to a tune. Okay. Uh, This is another one from Surrealized and their 2015 full-length Light It Up. Once again, that was lighted up from surrealized, taken from their 2015 full length. And uh, joining us now on the show, the one and only Kimo Muraki. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing
2: great. Is t- 2015 really? That was. That's, that's what um, it
4: says on the oh internet. That may be Lord. bullshit, but uh
2: no, you would know true. better. Now, time time has been is completely irrelevant these days. <laughs>
4: It's yeah, just Time wonderful. has been folded
1: back over on itself. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's all a big Mobius strain yeah, at this point, yeah.
1: Absolutely.
4: <laughs> so our, our listeners know you, of course, from the funky magic that you make with supersonic soul pimps, but uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Surrealized?
2: Well, first, I'm so sorry that anyone has to know about the supersonic soul pimps or have ever been subjected <laughs> to any of the supersonic soul pimps. <laughs> why? Why? Some might call music, if you can even call it music. <laughs> and so there's that. No, the pimps are the great. You know, it's like playing in a band of twelve year olds.
4: Um, you know, on a we podcast. fight. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we get in fights about uh, whose voice doesn't sound monster enough, and um, we argue about uh, whose costumes aren't tight enough uh, or gross <laughs> enough to look at. Just and like our, just
4: like our podcast, yeah.
2: <laughs> it is. The greatest, yeah. It's, it's so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so uh, surrealized is um, a project that I started with uh, a really great old friend of mine who um, has recently uh, received a new kidney after eight years without a kidney. Which is one of the reasons why we wanted to release all this music uh, right now. It's a lot of it is music that we finished during COVID, which is really was a very crazy journey. But we have had this band for quite a long time, almost a, well uh, a decade, actually. In fact, and it's grown from uh, a two-piece to a three-piece, and it's um, not like the supersonic soul pimps think the gods. <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, but it's uh, more of a. Um, uh, I hesitate to say that we're a serious band, but it's definitely a little more serious than the Soul Pimps. Thank the gods again. I would call it a future electronic dance band ish.
4: Yeah, I kind of. I would. My thought was that it was sort of humanistic disco, humanisco, if you will.
1: Oh, humanisco. Yeah. Oh I yeah, like we that. put some humanisco on our salad sometimes. It's delicious.
2: <laughs> that's ex-
1: oh, that's excellent. I'm, Wait, I'm thinking of Romanesco.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's something different.
2: <laughs> no, I want to use that actually. So, look, someone wanted to coin it as new disco, but I just—I mean, we're way too old for um, the new disco crowd because that's like—I don't even know what do, new disco means. And, and it so, sounds
1: like you're saying nude. Disco, we do that disco. too. New disco, like Forest Service. It just middle part becomes both words.
2: Yeah. Now, if we were ever to be had to, uh, if we were to be coined as nude disco, the expectations that come with that, I don't really think that that would work for us at all. So, well, you've got um, to it's a totally different kind
1: now. of disco ball. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's Not
2: much. reflective. Disco balls. Disco. Balls. Yes, absolutely. Um, but you really so feel
1: I, like you have kind of an '80s electronica vibe when I'm listening to your music. I, I hope you don't find that insulting. As a child of the '80s myself, I I have a soft spot in my heart for that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, you know, I I'm that I actually take great compliment in that because we get a lot of influence from that that time because that that's kind of our that was our world as well. So. Um, yeah that then uh the newest track that we've just released especially um harkens back to that vibe in that area era which is kind of where we wanted to go with that particular one um and it's um it's only one of a handful of tracks that we're going to be releasing over the next several months before we release the new album and each one is very different so um yeah, so I guess this is our 80s jam.
4: <laughs> well, Fine I not. just love how complex Surrealized Sound is, that there's constant counter-melodies and polyrhythms and little sounds in the background, and it's something that, that very much rewards repeat listening.
2: Oh, I appreciate that. You're uh, you're very nice. <laughs> so, He's so being nice. nice to you. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, because... You know, it, it's so, you can keep going because we have submitted this song to so many playlists and stations and blogs. And the the, the level of denial is just uh, impressive. So thank you very much uh, no, for the,
4: the other thing that, that okay. occurred to me, the reason I call it humanistic, is just that, that so many sort of electronic or dance bands really sound very robotic. On purpose, that's, that's part of the charm but sure. you, you can't listen to Surrealize and ever mistake that this music isn't made by real people.
2: Oh, nice. That's excellent. Thank you very much for that. Um, there are several reasons for that too, actually, that we've held to from the very beginning. Um, you'll notice in, in Surrealized music there's a lot of vocal passages that repeat themselves and that they kind of sound like loops. And that's because they are. When we perform live, I sing all of my vocals live and I stack them as loops Mm -hmm. and um, we don't sync them to any kind of clock and so I have to continually keep pressing, you know, play and go and play and go and record and go Uh, and then every once in a while it gets a little bit off of the click or off of the beat and I have to stop and play it again and that's kind of the humanistic part that we've tried to maintain. Um, with the band Um, even though it is a quote-unquote electronic band there's still a lot of elements where we incorporate live instruments loop them but still uh, use human fingers to press stop and go while um, the beats are running and all those kinds of things so Mm. uh, I'm glad that I'm I'm super stoked that you actually noticed that and I really appreciate that very much that's a great
4: compliment oh thanks man yeah uh, you said that you're going to be releasing a few new cuts When do you think the full album will be released? Do you have a timeline for that, or is it just kind of, we'll see how things progress? Um,
2: We hope to release the full album in February. We released uh, this latest one uh, just very recently. We'll release another one next month. Uh, We're going to kind of let the new year, you know, fizzle uh a little bit and then uh yeah we're going to release the whole album we might release another one in january we're really not sure but we figured two tracks before the full album um get the full album out um we just need to we want to compile our entire list of uh denials from the music industry uh <laughs> for our stretch <laughs> before we really get it to them good you know that um, could be the album art yeah exactly yeah us crying us being tucked into bed uh <laughs> at
1: night <laughs> a bed made out of rejection letters out of our rejection
4: yeah hey nice, Kimo, who big... did the uh video for animal that's uh, some great eye candy
2: oh that's cool thanks um so we don't have any cash so we did the video ourselves um robert Um, lucked out having had his kidney transplant and he was too uh, morphined out of his mind to work a computer, Uh, lucky guy. Um, And so my uh, other partner in that band, Marcus, and I, um, Marcus kind of did the research on how to do some of the things, the masking and all of that, the the technical stuff. He's got a good brain for um, putting together details and making them available to me. And then I took them, and um, I did all of the scene editing, and the masking, and all that stuff, and and you know all the imagery. Uh, just because I have this amazing new computer that I got, I, I decided to max out a credit card and have this really powerful piece of equipment. And so this was the first thing I actually got to edit on my new amazing computer that I almost get got kicked out of. My my partner she almost kicked me out of the house for getting <laughs> it, but. Now I'm justified. I have this thing.
4: Yeah, now uh, it can, now it can earn for you. There you go.
2: Be like, see, babe, <laughs> I needed this. <laughs> yeah, so we did it ourselves, and we'll probably do the next handful ourselves because now we kind of have um, a bit of a process. Uh, we, you know, and we're coming up with some concepts, and so um, I think that's, you know, it. It's cool. I mean, it's another realm that hopefully we'll be able to step into just to kind of do that. Um, The media art because when we perform live we perform with a projectionist and Mm -hmm. so we You know while we're playing we have projections going on and stuff
4: So So, this is uh, stuff that you can you can repurpose too in the live setting.
2: Yeah, absolutely Um, That is that's definitely the plan. So uh, Yeah, yeah, thanks for commenting on the video too because I literally worked on it for about 10 hours straight in the final stretch before it was due and I see every little bit of it that I just <laughs> uh, wish I could fix, but can't anymore. So thank you. That's
4: awesome. Of that course. Yeah, it's our pleasure. All right, man. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the bone bash show. Chemo. what pisses you off, man? Oh, my
2: god! you know what pisses me off the most um, is that I have not been able to have a good, goddamn salad bar for almost three years that angers me to no end because i really really love a salad bar and i miss a salad bar and it's the kind of thing if if there was anything that keeps me up at night it's that the salad bar has been lost it's been one of the the biggest casualties to this blurry last couple of years and you
4: know though even before that like remember the 90s when there were actual like Zupa and soup exchange like there were actually restaurants that were just soup and salad bars for a period of time in like the 90s and you could go and it was like 20 bucks and you could just eat yourself silly and have everything that you would ever want on a salad and then that that fad sort of went away
2: yeah, it went away but you, yeah, it did go away. And I remember those really well too. Uh but man, you know, like one of the biggest, I mean, I, I you know, in all seriousness, you know, it's not it's not the the, the biggest um tragedy from COVID, but really <laughs> oh, yes, that yeah. was a tragedy. The the loss of the salad bar was a was a massive tragedy during COVID. But I'll tell you what the biggest tragedy during COVID was. To, in in complete one hundred ten percent seriousness is that I didn't get to sit in a goddamn theater and watch Bone Bat all day long. The Comedy (laughs) of Works Festival. I I hope you have time for this, but I'll make this really quick and I'll talk really fast about it. Go ahead.
4: It's uh electronic audio tape is free. So go, go. You know,
2: so I during COVID I lost my remote job one of my remote jobs which is very ironic because everybody else gained one and so i had to get myself a a survival day job and so when you all ran the comedy of horrors film festival online i was watching that thing and i was having to get up at 4 a.m but i was like hell bent on keeping myself up watching that thing at night and i had such a great time by myself uh crying and laughing and um eating really really awful food uh great food but awful food that i regretted eating in the morning because um, i wanted it to be just like it would have been if i was in the theater and i miss it so much and i so hope that you all are able to do that again this year i haven't seen any
4: announcements but um. so actually uh it's <laughs> well, funny it's you funny. should ask emo because we're yeah. one of the things we're announcing this episode is the kickstarter campaign So, uh, by the time this goes live, uh, folks will be able to uh, buy their tickets for uh, May 7th, 2022, at Sif Cinema Uptown.
1: Amazing.
2: That makes me so happy.
4: You have
1: no idea. This is the, I mean, it's almost uh, like we paid you to say this. This is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my t shirt? (laughs) Seriously, that
2: makes me so excited. It is one of the coolest festivals i've ever been to and i look so forward to it every year and it makes me so happy to hear that you guys you have no idea
4: oh man it's been too long and the virtual fest was fun but it just wasn't the same and uh seeing everybody yeah. again even if you know you have to show a vaccine proof at the door and wear a mask it's still going to be a great time and hopefully by then in may hopefully with the vaccinations that are happening now with the kids and stuff, hopefully we'll be at the tail end of things and things can get a little more back to normal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I sure do hope so.
0: Yeah.
4: But again, so again I've been the, hoping that since, you know, April of 2019 yeah. and look where we look what <laughs> happened. I don't know shit. So.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I'm <laughs> just
2: going to put my gigs off for a couple months. That's what I thought at first. And now, yeah, a couple years. So,
4: Oh, that's, yeah, I that's, that's like how that. I was because like, you know, the things in Seattle got shut down in March, and our festival was like April 13th. And I'm like, oh, they're going to open up on April 1st. We're golden. We'll, we'll be able to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two years <We're> later. Fine.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> that's uh, clueless. Tragic. tragic. Well, I,
2: I, that's really great news. I'm stoked, and I, I really love you all, and just uh, I can't wait for the future.
1: Yeah, so well, we're going to make wow, it happen. Pressure's here. on us not to suck now. <laughs> Jesus,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, sucking—that's that's a state of mind. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can do with it what you will, but uh, yeah.
4: All right, man. Well, uh, why don't you introduce this next tune?
2: Uh, this is going to be the new one, right? Yes, this is Animal. No, we went and wrote this song out in a remote cabin on a reservation uh, in Oregon, uh, out in the foothills and um, it had a couple of really blurry nights and days that all ran into one glorious uh, songwriting and recording session. And we, we wrote and recorded almost everything during this one trip over the handful of a couple of days and then um, finished mixing it and adding all the other elements and everything during COVID. And, uh, and this is the animal. We are huge fans of Depeche Mode and uh, Killing Joke and Front 242 on all of those kinds of bands, and I think it kind of comes out in here a little bit, but um, uh, yeah, this is the first track off of the new record. Which
4: is going to be called Density, is that correct?
2: Density, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which is the name of the track on the record that will be coming out as well.
4: All right, here you go, folks. Animal. Mm-hmm.
2: Kimo Meraki from Surrealized and you're listening to the Bone
4: Band
0: Show.
4: Alright, uh, once again that was Animal, the brand new single from Surrealized. Uh, again, you can find their music at surrealized.bandcamp.com And now for something completely different, joining us on the show the one and only Blaine Cook. How you doing, sir?
3: Very good, very good. Thank you for having me.
4: Well, of course, thanks for joining us. Now, our listeners, of course, know you from your kick-ass music, the Accused, Accused AD, Toe Tag, of course, 10-Minute Warning, uh, the Farts, you guys do such wonderful music. Uh, also, we've talked about your incredible burgers from Zippy's, Giant Burgers in Seattle, which we have enjoyed over the years, but uh, you, now you're doing something a little different with the Wicker Bar. Yes. Yeah, it was interesting, because when pandemic first started you and i were on like similar tracks like we were both sort of dipping our toes into us because we had picked up the tiki bar and we were starting to you know do a couple of tiki videos and you really got after it with the prohibition era drinks i really enjoyed that
3: yeah yeah for sure yes i did it was it was something that i I, i'd never heard the term before then you know like everything you look on the internet you see what prohibition era drinks meant and then uh getting a bunch of uh, recipes on the internet and printing them out and having a bunch of like worthless pieces of paper then I went to our bookshelf and it's like I've got a, a whole bunch of books that already have all those recipes in there and we just kind of kind of started to build my uh, uh, back bar around that and we started doing some uh, Facebook live videos and then they kind of put the kibosh on that and uh, moved on to doing the, uh, the doing the YouTube videos, I don't know, I mean it's like guess it's just about as simple as that <laughs> you yes. know you, i'm making i'm making i'm making cocktails over here man that's you know it's like you know you get everything now is like a craft cocktail so anything beyond beyond a basic well drink is now considered a craft cocktail that's all there used to be right that's how everything used to be yeah it, it was a craft now
4: <laughs> even now though i will okay let's deconstruct this i can use cola syrup with some lime juice and some sparkling water and a little rum to make a cuba libre instead of just a rum and coke like you can fuck around and make it as fancy as possible even the simplest drink
3: yes well and that's that's kind of a good thing actually that's like, you know, they, they do the same thing with a uh, a grilled cheese sandwich.
4: Sure. I, that's absolutely true. Well, Also, one of the things that w- it was during the pandemic, that was a way you could sort of pamper yourself. Because there was a lot yes. of stuff that you couldn't do. You couldn't go to a show. You couldn't go to the movies. But you could make yourself a nice meal. You could make yourself a nice cocktail at home.
1: And just well, make right. it the, the best drink you possibly can.
3: Well, right. And then, of course, you, you, you come to the realization that, you there's no way that you could possibly – well, I don't know. Maybe you guys are a little bit higher on the socioeconomic ladder than I am. But, I mean, you can't really go out and do what you do at home at a bar or a restaurant on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> you
3: right. God, no. Just can't. no. Know.
4: Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. very pricey. Like you, you've mentioned on your your videos a number of times, like a drink that will cost you 15 bucks – You know, you can make that at home just as, just as good, just absolutely as high quality uh, ingredients and enjoy that at home without spending 15 bucks.
3: Yeah, totally. totally. And you get, you get the, the uh, experimentation as well. You know, things you might look at, like when I was when I first started doing the, uh, the these Prohibition-era drinks, you don't know, think half an ounce of sweet ver- vermouth, half an ounce of dry vermouth, you know, a half an ounce of Cointreau and an ounce of gin. It's like, what's that going to taste like, you know? Then you shake it up and it's like, oh, wow, that's really tasty. It, it opened up a lot more uh, experimentation than I would, you know, wouldn't uh, otherwise have done.
4: Right, and then you start looking at things like, okay, well— we use Cointreau in this drink, but uh, you know I got a deal on some Grand Marnier or Orange Curacao, and so okay, how right. how right. A, a different orange liqueur? Yeah, you can you can replace them or triple sec, but right. the, the, some are you know this is better in this usage, that's better in a margarita. You know, and right. you start up figuring out the places for different things in your own preferences. Right,
3: right, right. right. It's just like cooking. Very much. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: yeah. And then you took it to the next step because after you had assembled all this knowledge through trial and error and experimentation and enjoying yourself in the comfort of your own kitchen, you chose to share the knowledge by making a book out of it. Right, right. So other people don't have to repeat the same mistakes you did. They could just enjoy your successes.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, there's a bazillion cocktail books out there. Definitely not reinventing the wheel, but I think I kind of took a – a classic concept of some of the older cocktail books that actually do weird illustrations and weird artwork in them. And I just kind of uh, made it a little bit more, more uh, contemporary.
1: And yeah. yours th- is the only book I know of that has uh, illustrations by Steve Hollitz in it. <laughs> well, I mean, he, you know that,
3: uh, yeah, I had to do some really special things to get him to get Steve that <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, shit. He just <laughs> that. left a trail no. of, like, steaks up your front door? Yeah,
3: right. Yes, tomahawk steaks. <laughs> Real medium rare.
4: <laughs> there had to be a pineapple on my porch every day for... <laughs> no, what was fun about that was when I saw Blaine had sent out a list of, okay, I'm pulling together his cocktail book. I want to get... A lot of different artists, different art styles. I want to put it all together into this neat package. And here are drinks that I'm looking for. And immediately I saw okay, well, the zombie was on the list and something called the shark attack. And as we've discussed, I'm a big fan of Zombie 2, the Lucio Fulci film with the right. zombie versus shark scene. And I just thought it would be yep. so cool to do like two pages facing each other with a shark and a zombie fighting and uh, i was just i was so happy to, that that worked out and i was able to, to submit that that was fun
3: oh no it's killer no everybody everybody that, that submitted it yeah it's a, it's like a a compilation record or a, a mixtape yeah it's it, it's a neat thing to be able to bring all these people together that want to take part in um, something like that i mean i don't you know it's a it's an opportunity
1: it's cool it's super cool yeah it's it's totally homegrown that's what's so cool about it there's
4: no other cocktail book quite like this one which which is wonderful in and of itself
3: right well it it kind of builds on the whole uh you know i've been involved in the you know do it yourself type of mentality for for um the majority of my life and you know when we started doing the youtube videos people said we should do a book it's like well all right i'll i'll do a book you know and uh this is what you guys are doing it's all it's all for the love of art you know it's not like you're you're thinking that you're going to be the next big thing you're going to make a gazillion bazillion dollars or uh, anything like that you're just doing it cuz it it's cool you can can implies capability is one of my uh, my second uh, favorite uh, catchphrases next to the collective we because the book is all about the collective we mm-hmm. and then the uh, the can implies capability it's like well can you do it it's like well why not? You know, I mean, look, look at all the stuff that you guys do. You do it because why not? You can and you, and you just do it.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's... and The next logical step is either a tour or a board game. I'm not sure which <laughs> way you're going to go. Uh,
4: I'm thinking, what about a cocktail board game where you move certain spaces and then you drink? I don't know. That might be something as time has come.
1: I think Uh, that's actually been maybe maybe
3: the maybe the board game would be more like you would you would move move three spaces and then those would be the ingredients that you would make there you uh, go the cocktail with
4: you know I've always been fascinated with that that sort of iron chef type of thing of okay you're given these ingredients like what can you make with that
1: yeah yeah You've got an ostrich egg and a a rib. (laughs) And gin. And oregano. (laughs) Yeah,
3: (laughs) gin. (laughs) Half a a jigger of gin.
4: That's one of the other things that's cool about the Wicker Bar book is it's a nice mix of classics. And then you have kind of the variations and the more creative stuff. So even if you're new to making cocktails, there's a lot of sort of easy stuff to start and get your toes wet along with fantastic art. And then you can spread your wings and, okay, well, I was able to pick up a bottle of this, so I'm going to try one of the more complex recipes now.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, you being more more of a, a you know, tiki aficionado, as I start to get more appreciation for that, then you start to get into how the different, you know, then you get you can have a collection of different rums because, you know, if you wanted to do the, to do the tiki stuff, you have to have, to do it right, the specific set of rums and that... And it goes back to, it's just like, you know, with with cooking, you have to have a specific set of ingredients to, to make it really true.
4: Mm-hmm. So what is your, uh, what is your go-to bottle? You want to have a cocktail on a given night? Is it <laughs> bourbon? Is it gin? Is it rum? Like what? Wh- where do you lean when it comes to, I'm going to make a little something for myself tonight?
3: You know, if, if I'm making a little something for myself, I'm just, I'm just doing a little bourbon, but I just don't, you know, I'm. We generally don't make the same cocktail twice,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that's – there's so many. That's kind of that, – that's where, that's where I lean, okay. you know, because I have to please my wife.
4: <laughs> well, that's, so that's, that's, that's how yeah. we came across it too is Julie isn't – she doesn't like sweet drinks so much and she doesn't like rum so much. It's particularly funky rums. So right. so, she has always been more interested in prohibition era cocktails. So that's how we right. sort of split. Is like I lean more tiki, but when I'm making stuff, I'm more often making something like a you know paper plane or something like that for her.
3: Yeah, yeah. We just go through the books. There's a couple of couple of cocktails that we've made more than once, but you know, like the, like the one we we made a different one tonight. You know, I got a got another book, and uh, what I like about moving on to the the, the cocktail thing is I like. I like nostalgia. I like collecting things. So this gives me a, a, a whole other, you know, I can start to collect, you know, cocktail books and I have to get, if I get a new book and I get, you know, one or two drinks out of the new book that I, I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty great.
4: So where can our listeners buy the wicker bar cocktail book? Blake?
3: They can order that through splatterrock.com, which is the, uh, uh, Website that we use for our uh, rock and roll uh, music Um, or, you know, just uh, send a message through the uh, uh, Wicker Bar Facebook page and we will make it happen.
4: Fantastic. Uh, You got any shows coming up that you want to tell our listeners about?
3: Um, We are going to be playing on Saturday, December 4th at the uh, Lucky Liquor. Um, And it's an all ages show. And uh, we're playing with a band called the deception <clears throat> and the deception has a a bunch of unsung heroes of the seattle rock and roll scene um the drummer was in a band called uh, malfunction uh brad molasses um uh one of the guys was in uh, green river um yeah it's gonna be a, f- a fun little deal if you've ever been to the lucky liquor it's kind of a humble little place there um not too far away from the uh, uh, Museum of Flight on
4: uh, Airport Way. All right, sure, yeah. I know that area. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bash Show. Blaine, what pisses you off, man?
3: (laughs) What pisses me off? Um, What doesn't piss me off? Um... Well, lately we've been into uh, saltine crackers. <laughs> and, you know, there's just been a shortage of saltine crackers at the grocery store. And um, as I shop for the household, sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating that I have to uh, settle on the uh, store brand saltine crackers versus a uh, a proper uh, uh, Zesta or whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever the whatever the more expensive cracker
1: is,
4: <laughs> you know it's weird. Like I had no idea tunes. we were
1: having a saltine cracker uh, crisis. Damn it! No, yeah, no. I, we kind of moved.
3: You know, we were doing all the flavored triscuits and you know all those things, and it's like we just went back to just the basic saltine. It's like, wow, this is pretty. It's pretty tasty, you know.
4: So you you prefer that to a Ritz cracker, a buttery Ritz type? Guess, uh, so where do you where do you land you know, on Ritz? I can't, <laughs> no, I, I can't Everyone say needs that. I, to pre- know. I
3: I can't prefer say that I prefer one to the other. Just right now, I'm on a I'm on a saltine thing, you know. You no, know, so- I do I do like a I do like a Ritz, I do like a, a, a chicken and the biscuit, and uh,
1: club cracker.
3: Those are good as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the chicken and the biscuit cracker freaked me out as a child. I, I would see boxes those. If something about it made me want like nothing to do with that cracker? It just sounded so horrifying to me. And I like chicken, and I like biscuits. And if you would have handed me a biscuit that had chicken in it, I probably would have eaten it. But chicken and a biscuit cracker? It was like you'd put one too many foods together. I wanted, I wanted to be nowhere near that cracker as a kid. But, but, but it tastes. It, there's, I
3: don't know. There's no chicken and no biscuit in the flavor. I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it took cracker, me years
3: to work cracker. up the courage to try it you know what yeah. right, It'd not bad well, thank
4: you so much <laughs> cool. for joining us on this show uh, we really appreciate thank you taking the time
3: thank you thank you and uh, you know good luck with the uh, film festival coming up here you know pretty excited about that and uh, ooh, thanks ooh, man ooh.
4: Yeah. thank you and thank you very much for contributing to the kickstarter video uh, you did some amazing stuff and uh, I'm certain that uh, a lot of people have enjoyed your uh, acting prowess in this <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man! Who is playing multiple characters in the same video? You're, you're you know, not hey. not since uh, "Hot Lead and Cold Feet" by Don Knotts has there been <laughs> such <laughs> one actor multiple character excellence. That's what I'm saying. Hey, it's
3: amazing what you can do with 40 seconds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I tell my
4: wife. Oh yeah. All right, thanks a lot, man.
3: All right, you guys take it easy.
4: Uh, Once again, thank you to Blaine for joining us on the show and discussing the Wicker Bar cocktail book with us. Once again, you can find the Wicker Bar book at splatterrock.com. So, Gord, you got any weird stuff this
1: week? Steve, I'm always giving you weird stuff from Washington State, Texas State. I'm bringing it to you straight from Yolo County. That's right. As I'm sure you know... The county seat for Yolo County is lovely Woodland, and the Woodland Police Department yesterday shut down an area in front of the post office after receiving reports of a suspicious package. The parking lot for the post office on Main Street Woodland was restricted from both vehicle and foot traffic after an employee called in an unsupervised package, supervisor package people, The roadway was still open to vehicular traffic, however. The package was left on the corner and the cops were called. They became so concerned, they brought in the explosive ordnance disposal team, complete with the frickin' bomb robot. The bomb robot rolled up to the suspicious package. Detonation round was set off to jar it, just in case that would set off whatever deadly device was inside. After that... That package was pretty beat up, and they discovered inside was a portable freaking typewriter. Somebody <laughs> brought a typewriter to the outside of the post office, and everyone thought it was
4: a bomb. That's kind of the hard way to write a letter, isn't it? Dude, it is the sitting most there, hardcore way of writing a letter. Sitting in front of the, the blue postal bin, like, typing up a missive I'm missing a word
1: here. What word should I use? and that's when the where the Boom. bomb disposal robot
4: how's, how's punches yeah Wordsmith.
1: <laughs> Mr. Wordsmith, what do you think now? You got woodland bomb roboted
4: put that in your ribbon and smoke it. <laughs> your rotary ball <laughs> That's so weird. is it it's weird that anyone has a portable typewriter anymore. But why, yeah, why would you leave it there? Like, were they trying to make a point? Or, I, I'm thinking somewhat, that like it's kind of heavy. Just, like, someone was going to mail it. They... Like they had to put down, yeah, one thing. You're also carrying groceries and a uh, set of dumbbells. <laughs> and they're like, I'll just leave
1: this here. What's the worst thing that c- could happen? It's, it's heavy. No one's going to walk off with it. I'll be back in 10 minutes.
4: Maybe they should have left it in front of a library.
1: May, well, no, that, those are people of letters. They would have recognized it immediately. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. That's my weird stuff. That's
4: super weird. Wow. Should we listen yeah. to a tune?
1: We should listen to a tune.
4: All right. Why don't we go all the way back to uh, Surrealize 2011 debut EP. Uh, this tune is called Hesitate. Once again, that was Hesitate by Surrealize, taken from their 2011 debut EP. You can find music from the band at surrealized.bandcamp.com. So, dude, Multimedia Triage, uh, what have That's you been right. digging on this week? Let me tell you, I've been digging
1: on some stuff. I know you've, you've, you've been texting me... Uh, letting me know that you're watching movies that I was recommending to you like w- a show back so that makes me feel good um, well I
4: mean what is this show about this show is about sh- I do if nothing else is about sharing cool shit right
1: that's right so glad you've been into the stuff that I've been into yeah
4: no uh, let's see just in short strokes uh, boss level super fun really enjoyed that that's super a- fun great movie uh dave made a maze like nothing like it just totally original vision totally fun very funny uh, I, I thought that was great that was a really so cool much love
1: movie. went into making that movie
4: yeah that's just, just just what a neat concept and uh brand new cherry flavor fucking sucked that was a piece of <laughs> shit it blew it was tedious the characters I, I don't know why anybody would want to spend eight hours with the shittiest characters in Los Angeles. But, hey, there's a show for you if you do.
1: <laughs> but you did. You, you spent all eight hours hating this show.
4: And so that that puts a bow on uh, Gord's recent uh, recommendations. Okay. Two out of three ain't bad.
1: I it's not bad. That's I, good enough for me, like them Loaf, all. right? <laughs> right. So they say. Right. So I've been listening to another podcast. I feel like it's cheating, but... The BBC did a – and it's never too late to enjoy spooky stuff. It is past Halloween now. But BBC did a a three-episode series with Dead House. I think they called it Dead House, in fact. Uh, It was BBC Four. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And each show is a spooky little tale with absolutely top-notch audio design and very, very claustrophobic – Scary stuff, usually told from the perspective of someone that is, oh, you know, in, a, in a, a claustrophobic type position. Like you're the first one. You are a formerly, currently, whatever dead body that's inside this laboratory, and you're hearing it from that perspective. Really cool stuff. Check it out. Each episode is only. God, I don't even know. It's not—it's not all that long. It's just three bites of horror that you can enjoy in any order you wish. Dead House on BBC. Did you listen to that, by the way, Steve? I have not heard that. Okay, you ought to check it. Same kind of guys that brought you that uh, Lovecraft-type uh, stuff. Okay.
4: You know, something totally different. Uh, so you remember the uh, film that we featured last year at Bone Bat, uh, Lonely Hearts. Yeah, directed by Dennis Kahlo. The star of that is Bethany Watson. Uh, She has a podcast that I was just checking out that's called An Acquired Taste. And uh, I've only listened to one episode, but it was pretty fun. She was talking about like an ethical situation of where her her co-host was in a bagel store and like a friend of a friend went up to the counter and uh, they got their bagel order and then the clerk got distracted and started doing another thing. And so the guy just, like, shrugged and walked out of the store with his bagel. And so it like, got shit. into this ethical question of, like, what would you do in that situation? And it was kind of funny because I had a situation today. I ordered a sandwich for lunch, and this place that I get sandwiches at, um, often they have a variety of different kinds of chips and sodas, right? But there's only, for some reason on their website, that you can only pick, like, Coke and Diet Coke. So there's no choice, and chips is, like, just Lay's. So they, often they have other stuff. So I just put on there, give me a chips, give me a Coke, and I will choose my own. And so I go to the sandwich shop, and uh, they've got, you know, they're still doing kind of COVID-style sandwich bagging, so you get a big grocery bag with your stuff in it. And uh, the guy hands me the sandwich in a big bag, and he says, Hey, uh, yeah, I know you're supposed to get your own Coke and chips, so you go ahead and do that. And I opened it up, and the chips were already in the bag. All right. And so I easily could have put another chips in in the bag and stolen the chips and nobody would have been the wiser. But I did not do that. I yeah, because oh, you're not you're that kind of guy. The chips, thank you. And I went and got my coke and I left.
1: I did the same thing today. So I those, went to yeah, the store and, and they like didn't the charge me for the the drinks that were in the bottom of the card. And I started to go away. I'm like, wait, hold on. We almost uh, committed the crime of the century here, Cochise. And uh.
4: <laughs> did you say that? <laughs>
1: I didn't say it like that, no. (laughs) But I am re-watching the Fargo episode, so uh, I keep talking like I'm in Fargo.
4: That's funny. Anyway, an acquired taste is uh, pretty fun. You should uh, check it out if you
1: like podcasts. Like the steal shit. Oh.
4: No, ethical quandaries, they they sort of spun off from there with different kinds of things. Like, if you found a diamond ring, what do you do? If there's nobody around, like, you know, that type of thing, so... I, I found this episode particularly was pretty interesting.
1: So what else? I uh, started playing Darkest Dungeon 2.
4: So because you, you I told have... me about this. Your last podcast, you said, oh, Darkest Dungeon is going to be out. I went on Steam and I looked up Darkest Dungeon and nothing new came up. Wh- what? Where is this from? Why do you get it?
1: Well, I feel kind of bad about myself because I, I, I bought it from the only place it is available – and that is the Epic Game Store.
4: Oh, well, thanks for fucking telling people in your post there, buddy.
1: Did I, well, I didn't realize that. I thought it was Steam, just like every other game I buy, and it turns out that it's not. So, Like,
4: remember the whole thing about the multimedia triage is supposed to be about sharing cool things, not keeping them to yourself? <laughs> I'm telling you now.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I can figure it out. God,
4: that pisses me off.
1: Probably you could figure it out, too. <laughs> I'm only, like, 18% smarter than you. You... You could have got it.
4: No, I, I didn't. I thought you were wrong. It wasn't out yet. Like, <laughs> you know
1: what? That actually would make the most <laughs> sense. <laughs> <laughs> you did take the most obvious answer. I'll give you that.
4: <laughs> so anyway, how is it?
1: Yeah. Well, it's. I honestly, I like Darkest Dungeon better. It does. It does do some different things. It's still a lot of the Darkest Dungeon stuff you love, but you're managing a lot more things than just the stress and health of your characters you're you're managing the the overall doom of the situation you're managing the characters relationships to each other and it took me even though people told me this and reviews said this i had to just lose horribly three or four times before i started actually paying attention to it the most important thing you can do in this game is manage the relationships between your characters You can equip like a healing potion, right? And if your guy's hurt, no, don't give it to your guy. Have your guy give it to a different guy so those two will start liking each other more. Because once everyone likes each other, then things are going to go a lot better for you. They'll start buffing each other and healing each other because the opposite is true too. If everyone, just like in Darkest Dungeon, everyone's pretty much taking care of their own stuff So you're penalized
4: for not being a team player.
1: Yeah, your party will. Beyond that, it's like you have to go out of your way to make sure you're a team player. Um, Make sacrifices in order to make the characters make each other happy. Because if someone stresses out too hard or the relationship goes in the wrong direction, things go bad really, really fast, and it's it's ugly. Jesus, but what I don't I can't like imagine
4: is darkest dungeon now with more micromanagement.
1: <laughs> I didn't think there was that much micromanagement in darkest dungeon. But...
4: Yeah, there was. Like, oh, you better make sure to throw the poison at that guy because he's gonna fuck you next round if you don't, even though he has two bones left or whatever. <sighs>
1: <laughs> That's not micromanagement. That's just reading the directions. That trips you up on a lot of games. <laughs>
4: Reading Why directions. can't I just buy? Well, Where's their directions? There's no directions in that game. There's only some wizened guy grunting at you every once in a while. Ah, no. Perilous, you will find the place if you do not share the poison.
1: That's actually me. That oh. that was me grunting at you. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And it, it's It's kind of clunky code. I realize my computer is not very fast. But still, I have to shut down just, like, everything, including my web browser, and dumb down the graphics on this game if I want it to run at speed. And it's Darkest Dungeon. It's not, like, some 3D shooter. It's not freaking Doom. I don't know.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: Bottom line, I'd wait for it to go on sale. I don't think I'd pay full price for the game, but well, I, I am price. enjoying so it. wasn't,
4: it. like, original Darkest Dungeon was $20, bucks, was not it?
1: Yeah, and I think this was like thirty bucks. Oh, okay. But same but I don't know.
4: makers, or did they sell it to Epic?
1: No, it's the same makers. Oh, it's okay. it's Red Hook. It just it almost feels like this should be the the first game, and then Darkest Dungeon should be the the sequel because that just seems like a tighter game. This this is a little bit awkward and sprawling. I think. So
4: I've got a question for you. Did you ever actually finish Darkest Dungeon? Is there an end to it? There is an
1: end. Okay. Did I achieve it? No, I did not. I was not good enough at that game to beat it. I got to the final level a few times and died horribly. My guys were bleeding. They're all going insane. If they weren't dying because of their injuries, they were dying because they were having heart attacks because they're completely stressed out. Jesus.
4: Yeah, it's a bleak game. (laughs) Yeah. But this one starts like... The art style is just great. I just... I really yeah, and the like art looks really. The,
1: looks. the art is even cooler in this game. Okay, the, they did a great job with the the monsters in this game. Yeah,
0: that's
1: I was j- just before this podcast, really I was wonderful. playing and I was fighting these these like mossy skeleton warriors, and they've got this asshole drummer warrior in the back who who buffs everybody. And every time he, like, starts to play the drums, he leans his head down and just leans into it and starts wailing on this drum that he's carrying. It looks cool as hell.
4: <laughs> but you see, isn't it, isn't the game cheating if he doesn't have to then, like, hand a cliff bar to his teammates? <laughs> what? Like, you know, he's how is he how's he working on his relationship with his villainous teammates?
1: Oh, by playing the drum for him because that's buffing them. Hmm. That's ex- you picked he the doing wrong it example.
4: Individually or as a group? Like how's the relationship? Yeah. I
1: don't know. Oh no, you there's you can buff the group too. There's one character that that you play the uh the plague doctor that you you definitely want to have the ability to but, buff the entire group all at once. The
4: plague fluffer the <laughs>
1: Do a group fluff. What's wrong with you, Steve?
4: <laughs> it's good for everybody's relationship.
0: Uh, <laughs> you can get you you jealousies along.
4: going on My as party well. always has a smile on his face. So, uh, besides,
1: uh, quote, accidental porn site visitations, well, what are you digging on?
4: <laughs> well, uh, you know, a good friend of mine came to town a couple of weeks ago uh, to go check out Ooh. Here Come the Mummies live. In Seattle, like, Here Come the Mummies, we featured them way back in, like, 2016 on the show, we had Java Mummy on for an interview, it was a great time, and they've never been to Seattle this whole time, this is the first time I've ever seen them uh, come to the area, and you were kind enough to come up and join us with your lovely wife, and uh, we had a wonderful time, my wife joined us too, it was great. It was pretty rocking, yeah. I had so much fun, so uh, thank you, and... Here come the mummies funky as hell. That was totally fun.
1: Super funky. Yeah, and I'm talking to people like that live in the same town as I do and they had to go all the way out to Tennessee to see Here Come The Mummies. I got to go do it in Seattle. So that was awesome.
4: Yeah, that is awesome. You know what's funny? I realized or learned right about that same time that there's another band called The Mummies that dresses up fairly similarly. They're like a garage punk band. And they mm-hmm. were playing that same weekend in San Francisco. How confusing. And we saw Here Come the Mummies up here. I There's a probably a band called said, There Go the wow, Mummies, Wow, the Mummies too. have really grown. They used to be like four guys. And then it took me a while because another friend actually went to that gig and posted pictures. I'm like, oh, two bands, of course.
1: Many Mummies. Yes. So, yeah,
4: I didn't know about this other Mummies band. It's interesting because uh, listening to them, they kind of sound like the Creepy Creeps. You know, it's that type of thing, except for without keys, it's just banging garage guitars, but, uh, uh, it may be something else to check out, but we had a great time at Here Come the Mummies, so thanks for coming up, man. Yeah, thanks for coming out. So, uh, movie-wise, have you seen a movie called Jacob's Wife that's currently on Shutter?
1: I've seen Jacob's Ladder, is that close?
4: Nothing like it at all. So this is oh. a uh, independent horror film with, uh, stars Barbara Crampton as a, uh, she is married to a pastor uh, who's played by Larry Fessenden you may remember he's been in a ton of, of uh, independent horror films and thrillers but uh, specifically I sell the dead you remember that sh- that oh movie? yeah yeah I remember that so Larry Fessenden's in that he plays this pastor that uh, he's just he's in a sort of a loveless dull marriage and she wants something more and uh, she has an opportunity to sort of you know innocently maybe not innocently connect with an old flame and uh she meets up with this guy in a warehouse that happens to have a vampire in it
1: oh shit
4: and uh of course she ends up turning into a vampire what i i found wonderful about this film is in addition to really good acting both from crampton and fessenden the whole cast is great uh but i feel like jacob's wife does for women of a certain age what ginger snaps did for women coming of age it's a story that is not being told that that shows how women at different stages of life can still retain power and i just thought it was a great fucking movie so uh something that you should absolutely check out
1: all right yeah i'll totally check that out that sounds awesome
4: uh and then uh we caught the new edgar wright film Uh, i want to see that in soho dude it's it's fucking wonderful oh good
1: oh totally good
4: yeah no it's 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 very different of course than like baby driver or Shaun of the dead but uh in its own way it's just spectacular filmmaking uh it's about a, a young woman who moves to london to be an art student and uh she is sort of turned off by the scene at her art school, living in the dorms and people are shallow. And so she moves into an old flat and starts having dreams about a dancer and singer from the sixties and things turn very giallo, very murderous and creepy and there are ghosts or are there ghosts, uh, hauntings from the past. Uh, music that is just wonderful and tied exactly into editing moments as he is wont to do, and uh, I just found it a thrilling watch. So I think you'll really enjoy it.
1: Right on. Ah, oh, good. Yeah, that director. Um, I think he his movie uh, Baby Driver was was one of the first movies that that connected with one of my kids on on that level of where they're completely all in. Like it's the best movie they ever saw where, where they just saw beyond just seeing a cool movie with, you know, action in it.
4: Yeah. No, same here. My daughter, baby driver is one of my daughter's favorite films of all time. Excellent. Like she's seen it dozens of times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think my son, same way. Cool. Ah, I'm looking forward to see that. Um,
4: you know, he did a another thing too—a documentary called *The Sparks Brothers*. Did you see that? And that—that that is also on
1: my list. Yeah, Spe- that kind of so, ties like, into our music for this episode, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, well, I heard Sparks. I'm pretty sure from you. Yeah, probably. Like, I remember the songs. Uh, All you ever think about is sex, and
1: uh, I, I wish I looked, really, looked I a wish little better. I a
4: little better, yeah. Specifically, and uh, probably cool places. Yeah, like, there was that whole album. I remember, like, very specifically hearing, and you must have had it, did you? I did. Yeah, yeah. I so had that on vinyl. So that's I. Lo- I found out about Sparks from you, and I kind of lost the plot. I didn't realize that they were still active and still doing interesting things, but uh, clearly they are. And the documentary is wonderful, so you should check it out. They they break it up with animation and weird stuff, and asides from other artists, and it's just kind of neat. Cool. I wouldn't say it's as good as Last Night in Soho, but it's definitely a worthwhile diversion. And it's on Netflix, so there's that. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, I
1: also watched a movie. I watched uh, The French Dispatch. Or maybe it's French Dispatch? No, it's THE French Dispatch. The new Wes Anderson movie. And I know you hate Wes Anderson with the white-hot of intensity of a thousand suns but yes. I enjoy his not work. not
4: entirely true. I like some Wes Anderson and some less so.
1: No, you hate everything.
4: No, cuz we saw Rushmore together and it was fucking great. <laughs> Didn't we? We
1: totally did. Yeah. We that was Rushmore that was, was a wonderful.
4: quintessential Steven
1: Gord moment where you and I are the only ones in the theater laughing and we're laughing our asses off. <laughs> and like people are looking yeah. at us because were you in the shit? We were getting it. <laughs> were, you in the, were you in the shit? <laughs> yeah, I was in the shit. <laughs> I mean... Carrot? <laughs> so deadpan. So,
4: yeah, no, that's great. But then, you know, the, the more overwrought stuff like Steve Zissou or...
1: Admittedly, uh, that was a bad movie. What's-his-name couldn't decide on what accent to do. It kept yeah. drifting all over the place.
4: And, then, and I know you liked Moonrise Kingdom quite a bit. Which Fantastic I just, movie. I just felt like, God, they were working, trying so hard in that movie. And you don't just, even
1: like brand new cherry flavors, so I don't even know why I listened to you. It felt
4: like a, like a stage play to me. Like, they were just working so hard and so earnestly to be enjoyable. So so where does this new one fall? Well,
1: I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of his, but I definitely enjoyed it. It's broken up into three main stories that are that are told one after the other and then there's there's a couple little tiny stories too all with the idea that there's this this newspaper called the french dispatch and when the editor of this newspaper dies it's sort of the tale of the newspaper and the the first tale about the there's a a guy that's in prison who's an artist and and his tale is is Probably the best of the three. I really, really love that. The middle story I got a little lost on, and then the, the third story was was totally great again. But uh I would say watch it. If you like Wes Anderson movies, uh and if you don't, definitely don't watch it because you'll hate this freaking movie.
4: Because it's Wes Anderson, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. What's the the hotel one was great too?
1: Yeah, the um what was the name of that one? I can't think of the name. And then there was the Island of Dogs. I'm not oh, sure where yeah, you that, fall on that one.
4: That's right. Yeah, Island of Dogs is great. Okay. And he also do the fa- Fantastic Mr. Fantastic
1: Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Which, so, like, yeah. there's
4: a lot of... No, nah, he does great shit, too. There's just a few of his movies that have sort of left me cold.
1: Owen Wilson. That's the guy that... Yeah. The Aquatic Life of Steve's issue. Owen Wilson was so terrible in that movie, it wrecked the whole movie. I, I couldn't get past... It was it was he was just every scene he was in and he was a main character. He was awful. So
4: and w- and w- there was the one after that, like the Magnificent Hendersons or whatever. Oh, yeah. The Magnificent. Yeah. And Which, that, I
1: thought that was it was OK. It was all right. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But
4: So yeah, no, I, I, I've watched a lot of his work and it's just sort of a mixed bag. He he doesn't r- consistently hit the high notes for me in a way that like Edgar Wright or Tarantino does.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see that.
4: But if you see a piece of
1: his work, you're like, "Oh, I know who made this movie. Yeah, you I know totally who made do. this commercial he has a style. or whatever he's making." Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then it's not a movie, but I do want to just mention it because I discovered this band with it so too so late. I discovered this band like they're I don't even think they're together anymore. They're not making anything new. There's rumors that they might get back together and do something. They probably won't. Bird Cloud. Bird Cloud is so wonderful and terrible at the same time. It's a, it's a real twangy, real country duet, uh, these two women who take on the persona of an absolute train wreck of, of a person, the kind of person that you probably knew in high school, and they stayed back in that terrible little town that you grew up in. Uh, it's been described as Bird Cloud's Music. This is someone else, not me. They say the simultaneous urge to laugh, vomit, and maybe break down and cry a little at how familiar and sad and true it all is, has won the band fans across the lower 48, stupefying and sickening audiences in equal measure. They, I mean, there's, there's a song about just the, this woman who blacks out, pees in the parking lot, stumbles off uh, goes down on a rodeo clown tells her friend's kid that there's no santa and, and they just do it in this wonderful country duet fashion so bird cloud wherever you're listening to music point your browser at that and and check out a few songs by these two brilliant women clearwater is uh my favorite song by them so check out clearwater
4: interesting hey one other movie did you see dune
1: Oh, my God. I not not only saw Dune, I risked my life to see Dune. What? We had, you know, it hasn't rained in California for, like, 364 days. And then all of the rain came all at once. (laughs) We had this massive, I don't even know, like, 10 solid feet of rain over the course of an hour. And that's when I chose to drive, not to my local cinema, no. My friend from way the frick over that way says... Hey, I'll drive about an hour towards you. You drive about an hour towards me. We'll meet in the middle at this IMAX, and we'll see Dune. Hey, great idea. Neither one of us really realized the enormity of this storm that was just starting to bear down on us. And I'm in my 10-year-old minivan, which is up high enough. I can kind of see things, and it doesn't hydroplane or anything. He's in a fancy little electric car with about two and a half inches of clearance.
4: <laughs> oh, shit.
1: <laughs> it's like you'd look to the right and you'd see a business with the parking lot. And weirdly the parking lot is full of water up the walls of the business and it's all pouring out and it's blasting like this stream of water across the highway. It there, there are periods where you're driving and you can't even, you just can't even see you. You have a vague sense of some taillights up ahead of you. It was a terrible idea to go that day. We got there Eventually, the whole lunch thing we were going to have ahead of time—that was like get your shoe, we got to go eat in the theater, stuff in your coat. Totally worth it. Dune was a visual feast. It was awesome. Made even more awesome by the fact that I didn't die even one time trying to get there. (laughs) Had you read the books? Yes, read the books. I liked it. It was it was what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah, I know do, I know. We're, this show is kind of pushing the, the indie artist uh, side of things, and Dune is about as far away from that as you can get. But still, I liked it. Now, you're, I'm going to say, Steve, how did you like it? And you're going to say, it sucked. Ugh. No, Go I
4: ahead. thought it was fucking great. Oh. I thought it was like perfectly realized, the books that I read when I was a kid. And uh, I, I would get though like Julie didn't read them, and so I did pause it a couple times. We watched it on HBO Max, and like explain things like, okay, well he's trying to kill them, and this is why the emperor's doing what the emperor's doing, and blah blah blah. Like I'd you know take thirty seconds to fill that in. I think if you were completely unfamiliar with it, it might seem a little more vague than it actually is. But, yeah, I uh, think you're right. But for a three hour movie, it flew by like it didn't feel that long for for a movie that had plenty of kind of breathing character moments in it. Yeah,
1: much like the the most recent Blade Runner movie. It was a long Same movie. Same director actually. Oh, was it? Yes. <laughs> Interesting you should say that. Huh. That's funny. I should do a film festival or something. Shit. <laughs> My knowledge know, of this you clearly stuff know is clearly no cinema. <laughs> <laughs> You know you could make me feel small
4: (laughs) (laughs) but I'm already there that's not me man (laughs) it's just not how I roll
1: oh shit yeah okay so yeah dug it I and I guess if we're gonna if we're gonna do this if we're talking about not exactly indie stuff uh the new James Bond did you see that
4: I did not I'm not really a Bond guy I'll watch bond when it comes, you know, at some point it'll be on cable and I'll sit down on a Saturday night and watch it. But I've just, it's been a long time since since that was destination viewing for me, like Thunderball, <laughs> it <was> <laughs> Like when Connery, I don't know. There was some ones that that's where they lost me. It was probably you like the older,
1: one. more misogynistic bond. Okay. Yeah, I can that, see that.
4: Exactly. Yeah. If he's not slapping money, Penny on the, no, That's that's not it. I just don't know. I I don't know what it is about Bond, but I I, sort of, I don't know. Outgrew him would be not the wrong thing to say.
1: That's true. If you go back and watch those old ones, especially, they do not hold up.
4: No, they don't. But I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, they're kind of like the Mission Impossible movies are the same way. In Fast and Furious, like I'll watch them, but I don't love them. I don't know. Hmm.
1: Well, a lot of people complaining about the new Bond, uh, the ending of it, and I, I love the film, start to finish. I thought it was, it was just what I signed up for. It has the, it has all it has all the notes for me, all the stuff you want in a Bond movie. It had, and uh, I was I was psyched. So if you like James Bond movies, check this one out.
4: Right on. All right. Well, uh, why don't we listen to another tune? Is that? All your triaging—that's
1: all I'm triaging. Is that all, all your triage I—I I got more. I've always got more triage, but I'm going to stop now.
4: Well, you should save it for next episode. All right. Well, why don't we listen to another tune? Why don't we, right. Steve? Now, this is another one from Surreal Lives called "Having the Time of My Life." Enjoy. <laughs>
3: me Lord Zippy Blaine and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show and we're coming at you
0: live from
4: West Seattle. Alright once again that was having the time of my life from surrealize taken from there 2015 self-titled full length i hope you enjoyed that once again thank you so much to surrealize for allowing us to share their music on the show thank you to chemo for joining us it was a pleasure speaking with him and uh thank you very much again to blaine cook of the accused and toe tag
1: and the accused ad
4: the accused ad and zippy's giant burgers zippy's giant burgers for, Proud sponsor
1: uh, of the Bone Film Festival, the Bone Comedy years. of course, Film Festival.
4: And uh, pick up yourself a copy of the Wicker Bar Cocktail book. It is really wonderful. And I'm not just saying that, I, I think it's a very cool book. Again, splatterrock.com. I think 15 bucks will get you a copy of your very own. Book. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour every once in a while.
1: And mightywombat.com is where you can find my stuff. Now that I'm done with this whole drawing a silly picture every day with Steve, I am <laughs> making cartoons again practically every week.
4: We did it, though. We, we did came it. in on time and under budget. Is there a yeah. budget for this? <laughs> I don't know. I now have like 60 plus dollars worth of pins. I was going to say. I'm gonna do with, so yeah, maybe it I didn't sent come you one pin. Better. That was, <laughs> yeah, that, nah, that was a great time. Thank you again for uh, indulging me.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And hey, remember, I have an Instagram. Real underscore Mighty Wombat.
4: Uh, I am Bone Hand on Twitter. You can follow me over there. We also have a Bone Bat Twitter feed and Facebook group, which you should be paying attention to now because Damn of the straight. Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Speaking of the film festival, once more, the Kickstarter campaign is now live, so you can go to the link on the Bone Bat page. For <laughs> do the- it comedy of horrors and we'll take you right there you can watch our video that we made with a ton of guest stars it was an absolute blast some of our favorite filmmakers were kind of not gonna believe who's in this video playing cook jumped in with some crazy stuff it is so much fun I was editing it with an enormous smile on my face and I hope that you all enjoy it as much as I did again you can get tickets at the lowest price t-shirts button-down shirts hoodies posters you name it the enormous package you can get that only through Kickstarter. We don't sell those at the festival, so if you want one, you've got to order it now. Uh, don't then, be that person, and there's
1: one every festival, at least one, that is the, hey, how, how do I get the, I want what they have. Tough shit, tough shit, customer.
4: <laughs> That's right, yeah. there's uh, Should have
1: got it at the Kickstarter.
4: It's the best value in film festivals. An uh, enormous package will get you... One ticket to the festival, a T-shirt, a poster, and a bunch of cool swag. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, it's a great value, and the people consistently who pick them up enjoy them every year.
1: You know what I've never heard? What's that? Boy, I'm so bummed. I bought this enormous package.
4: That's never happened. Never, I've never heard it happen.
1: Anymore. No, in fact, that was the first time those words were all in the same sentence.
4: <laughs> Once again, film festival take place May seventh, twenty twenty two. Get your tickets now. Uh, Kickstarter will run until mid-December, so don't miss your opportunity to get everything at the lowest price.
1: That's right, Rabbit.
4: Huge thanks to Zorn Gvojic, Chris McEnroy, Clarissa Jacobson, and Blaine Cook for sending in awesome footage for us to include In the video. Uh, You got to check this out, folks. Follow the link on the Bone Bat page. Also, thanks to Vortex Movies and Music for letting us film in their location. Uh, Darren always takes care of us. They've been a longtime sponsor, and uh, it was very cool of him to uh, lend us a certain cinematic air of authenticity in our video, uh, thanks to the very cool video store location. So, thank you, Darren. You know, next episode is our 200th episode, Gordon. Holy crap. What are we going to do? What do you give
1: someone for a 200th anniversary? We're going to need to talk to a vampire uh, or something. Yeah, we we
4: have to, our 200th episode, we got to do something cool. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us uh, either via social media or to steve at bonehand.com. If you'd like to send some audio, if you'd like to uh, tell us what you've enjoyed about the show all these years, uh, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, until then, uh, we got one final song to play for you tonight. Let's do uh, Fall Apart, taken from the self-titled EP 2011 by Surrealized. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve.
1: And this is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
0: At least he's not sucking a big, veiny dick for Kickstarter money. That's not how Kickstarter works.